Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading or streaming the Be Our Guest podcast. Hope you're having an amazing week. Pam joins me today, and we answer your listener questions, including a great question about places you can work remotely around Walt Disney World, especially around the Crescent Lake area, Boardwalk, uh, Yacht Club, and Beach Club. We give some thoughts there. A great dad there who's driving for a mother-daughter trip. I love that. We also give uh, some ideas for some folks that are heading down for Dopey Challenge, but they're not going into the theme parks, yet they want to get pictures with their medals by the four park icons. And we think we have Cinderella Castle, Spaceship Earth, and the Tower of Terror nailed. We have some trouble with the Tree of Life. So here are our thoughts on that. We also talk about the new Little Mermaid rooms coming to Caribbean Beach after hours returning to Walt Disney World in 2023. This and many other questions and commentary coming your way on today's show. As always, today's podcast is brought to you by the Magic for Less Travel. Check them out. For all of your Disney trip planning needs, you can check out all the great services they offer for no cost to you over at the Magic for Less. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. That one extra click really does support everything we do here on the podcast. Please use it as often as you can. It's BeOurGuestPodcast.com slash Amazon. And a sincere thank you to the patrons of the Be Our Guest Podcast. You allow us to put these shows out three to four times a week all around the world. So thank you so very much for that. And if you'd like to join us to get that bonus show called Mike in the Midwest, We'd love to have you this week. Come on over, patreon.com slash Be Our Guest Podcast. Ready to take a trip to the world? You found the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. This is where your memories come front and center on our podcast stage. Welcome to episode 2166 of the Be Our Guest Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rallman from BeOurGuestPodcast.com and one of the senior agents over at the Magic for Less Travel. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope your week is going well. And we are here, of course, to get to business and answer your listener questions. And to do that today, we have your friend in mind, the co-owner of the Magic for Less Travel, Pam Forrester. Pam, how's it going on this fine Wednesday? Uh, it's going great, although your voice sounds crazy. You and the Ellen for the sports teams. That's all I have to say about that. The Georgia and, fans uh, that sat in front of me on Saturday night are laughing their butts off right now. If they happen to find <laughs> out that I host a podcast and they tune into today's show, because <laughs> I, for three hours, just kept yelling, Stetson. Stetson and they were getting mad by the second quarter they were seething by the third quarter and they wanted to knock me out by the fourth quarter so they they probably think this is just glorious that I have not been able to talk for the last 72 hours so yeah it's one of those things but I mean I gave all for old Mizzou and I would do it again so here we are so the rule has to be when you attend an in-person game or you are watching a game and there are people around you other than your family is you're not allowed to have Be Our Guest podcast stuff on and you're not allowed to have Magic for Less Travel nope. stuff on. Nope. I, I did not bring up either that I can recall. And again, yes, I, right? I don't drink. Um, you know, I don't drink beer. And there was a lot of beer consumed in my section. There was beer spilled on my wife twice by a guy in a Michigan hoodie. <laughs> A Michigan hoodie. He was at a Mizzou, Georgia game 
So that was that was interesting. It was a great atmosphere at the zoo. We haven't had that atmosphere probably in six or seven years. So good job, Mizzou fans. We almost pulled it off, but absolutely, I'm competitive. And so I know I don't bring up anything. I don't. I try to be as anonymous as possible when I'm there. I'm just a Mizzou fan. I don't want any. I want to walk out of that place because once I get close, you know, the coach could put me in, man, because I'm that fired up. I'm all. You can tell by my voice. I mean, I'm in. So I will not. We're gonna bring get up, a beard for you, like uh-huh. a something yeah, to help disguise. disguise I do because I am fired up at a sporting event. I'm ready to go. So nobody needs to know my Twitter handle. Nobody needs to know where I work. Um, and I think a lot of our listeners, uh, cause we have a lot of sec fans, big 10 fans in the listening audience. Uh, they can relate. We're all in. So it uh, just means more down in the sec. So hey, what's going on with you this week? Um, stuff. Uh, let's just say my yard is my backyard now. This is this is why I've not posted anything about our new house because it is still the landscaping is a work in progress. This is the final piece, um, but my backyard uh, uh, <laughs> there's just major construction going on there, and it's it's hard to see it. Oh, and we had the um, torrential downpour, of course, at the end of last week, including hail wow. and um, a small river running through the backyard where there's no grass anymore. Apparently, so. There was a movie called that. A river runs uh, through Pittsburgh or <laughs> wherever you live. <laughs> right years ago. Yes, exactly. But here's the good news. You'll have your first snow here in about two weeks. So it'll be covered yeah. and you'll be good. True, true. <laughs> I can't even go there, but yes. So the um, joys of home ownership continue, but it's all good. Um, and project in sight. So. It's always good yeah, but stuff. I'm not going to be one of those bloggers who's like, here's every step of my new home journey. No, no, you don't want to see it. Because a lot of times it would be me being like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> How is this taking this long? That kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I'm not into those shows either. Uh, good Bones <laughs> that my wife always has on on Saturdays. I'm like, turn that off. I know they're from Indiana, but it drives me nuts. I don't care about Good Bones, Bad Bones or nothing. I don't That looks like a nightmare to me. I hate Homer modeling. <laughs> Right. Okay. So let, let me let me drop some Disney news on you. Let's talk about this before we get okay. to the first question of the day. And if you have yeah. questions and you're in the live chat, drop them in the live chat. We'll get to those right away. So we've known the pirate rooms are going away over at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort for about two or three months at this point over in the Trinidad section of this resort, which I, it's kind of remote, that part of the resort, but it's actually really it close to the Skyliner station. I mean, if you think about it, you're right yeah. there by the Skyliner and it has its own little quick service location out there people don't know that uh, but it, there is one that just reopened spyglass. recently spyglass yeah um but now we've just found out a couple of days ago that they are going to retheme these rooms to the little mermaid so what were your thoughts on that i i love the idea of having these rooms retheme first of all i always liked the pirate room theme because i thought it was a theme that appealed to um you know a bunch of different people, right? More than the typical princess or things like that. So I love the theme, but as we all know, and we chatted about, the beds were horribly uncomfortable. Very. Um, they were made for people that were five eight or under. I mean, I'm, I'm six three. It, the, the bed was not mic friendly. It, I, no, it wasn't, and the mattress was really thin too. Super. Um, I, so I mentioned I mentioned earlier before we start recording, the the mattress was the thickness of a page in the Bible. I'm just saying it was thin. <laughs> 
And not like one of those fancy Bibles. No, we're I'm talking the, the cheap ones so I, you can see through the page. I yeah. still use the one I got at North County Christian School in second grade that came with our Becca books, <laughs> like the stack that was shrink wrapped. I mean, that was the cheapest Bible ever, but I mean, it was, you know, get you to heaven just as well. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, so it was, you know, there were a couple reasons, but the theme was really cute. Like, I loved how the dresser and the nightstand were all kind of themed like crates and like a barrel and things like that. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm really looking forward to what these rooms look like. And I think that they'll have the appeal. And like you mentioned, I know that people are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be in those rooms because it's so far from everything. But the truth is that Caribbean Beach, like most other large resorts, has an internal bus system, as well as the fact that it really is not that far. I mean, I've stayed there many times and walked to the main building. It's not really that far. Now I know, after a day of being in the parks for like 16 hours, that walk seems far if you're stopping, you know, if you need to go to the main building for something or, or whatnot. But um, yeah, and the fact that it is close to that Skyliner and actually has some really pretty views, too. Um, I love that area of the resort because it's a little quiet. And for those of you who don't know, every island, right, at, in Caribbean Beach, um, at the Caribbean Beach Resort, has its own pool, too. So I think that that's a bonus, too. So hopefully once Disney gives these rooms a little zhuzh, um, they'll be back up there in popularity for sure. I think these will be popular. You, you want to know what I think about that? Here, here's what I think, because I've thought about this, because those rooms do feel remote. Because I, I run, when I say at Caribbean Beach... I run and I go down and turn around in that parking lot in Trinidad, down by the Pirate Rooms. I go down to that mm -hmm. parking lot, turn around, come back. I think what it is, I would I would guess the distance is probably similar, like from the art of animation, from the Little Mermaid rooms at Art to the to, to landscape of flavors to the main area there, or mm -hmm. like um, at a Riverside to the furthest rooms in Alligator Bayou to the main mm -hmm. areas there. I would bet it's similar if you walk it. But I think what gets you at Caribbean Beach is that you got to cross the road. Like, I, I think <laughs> yes. it's like, it's like, dude, I'm on the other side of the street. I think right. because you got to cross that little road. I think that's a, like true. a mental thing. Like, man, I'm so far away. Like, I'm in a different zip code or something. You know, right. I got to cross the street. There's a physical <laughs> is the sales tax the same exactly. in these rooms? Right? Am I in Lake County or Osceola County? I don't know where I'm at, but I, I think I'm still at the resort. Um, I, I seriously yeah. think that is something. So, but yeah, you're exactly. And Scott loves the the uh, quiet pools. He's a quiet pool expert around here, so he'll be excited to get out there. But you know, I'm excited because again, it's one of those things. And Apple's kind of been um, noted for this in the past. It's one of those things that was almost like form over function. I love the way these rooms look. Like I would have stayed in them every time, and it fits the theme. Cribby. The pirate rooms fit Caribbean Beach better than Little Mermaid. Even no, it looked great, but they just the, the execution left a little to be desired. I just hope they have queen, nice, comfortable beds, storage under them, but they have the theme. I hope they uh, hit the theme, but they make them more functional. I know, because we've seen what a great job they've done at the resorts that they've um, rehabbed recently with the Polynesian, with the Moana-themed rooms. I think that was a home run. I love the Incredibles-themed rooms at the Contemporary. So there is a desire for these types of rooms because they sort of, you know, bring them into sort of this feeling that we expect when we're staying at a nice hotel, right? That they have all these different amenities, but they have these little Disney touches. So um, yeah, we'll see. Um, 
but really interested to see what Disney does with this for sure. All right. The second piece of news we'll hit and then we'll hit the first question of the day. So again, if you have questions in the live chat, drop those in. Otherwise, we'll head to the inbox after hours events coming back to Walt Disney World starting in very early January. So these are the events where you can pay extra to be in the parks late at night. Mm -hmm. Select parks, I believe they've announced Magic Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios at this point. Starting early January, prices around like 139 to 159 depending on the night. There's some annual pass DVC discounts available. Um, and of course, there are some treats included, Mickey bars, popcorn, drinks, soft drinks, stuff like that. So Pam, what are your thoughts on these events returning to Walt Disney World in 2023? I am thrilled to see these events come back because so many people loved these events. You rarely heard a bad report on people from people who attended these events. They said the lines were good. Um, the snacks are, were cool that they were included. So I really like that they're bringing these back. And it really just gives people an opportunity to be in the parks from all accounts. Um there people were able to get a ton done during these times. And I think that that's, that's what the price, you know, inclusive, that's inclusive of the price. You'll see that, that you're able to do a lot of things. You have those snacks included. Um, and I think that's why we're seeing the price point at that. So I think that's the one detractor for some people, but I think when you look at it from a value perspective, um, the cost of a one day ticket and the fact that you're going to have lower lines and all those snacks included as well, I think you're going to come out ahead with this. And I think too, with these kind of events, these are the things that when you go home, you know, and say you're home for two, three weeks a month. And somebody asks you, you know, it, you're talking to the parents at the PTA, you're talking to the parents at cheer practice, and you're waiting to pick up your kid. That'll be the night probably that you talk about, like, man, that one night we were there at the Magic Kingdom, you know, it was, it was late at night, and we were eating all the Mickey bars we wanted. We had the soda. I don't think at that point you're you're talking about that, you know, you paid 140 bucks for that night. You're just thinking, we got so much done, and we felt like Elvis. You know, it was, exactly. we, you know, we were the rock star for that night. It's one of those things, yeah, it's expensive. But it's one of those, like, while in Rome, you know, you've, you've gone all this way. You've bought the airline tickets. You've paid yeah. for a hotel. You know, it's like you're going to go that extra way to the finish line. It's not, it's not ideal, but I think you get a good value out of it. Yeah, I think you do, too. All right, let's hit the first question. It's from Melissa in the inbox over here. It says, hey, Mike, Pam, Ricky, and Scott. My husband and I are headed down to the world for our baby moon during Wine and Dine weekend. Clearly not running this one. But this was the weekend that worked best for us before baby boy's arrival in early April, staying at Caribbean Beach and excited to be at the Skyliner Hub. We haven't been down for a race weekend before, so looking to see if there are any parks we should avoid on certain days or any times we should avoid certain types of transportation. As of now, we're planning Epcot on Friday, Hollywood Studios on Saturday, Animal Kingdom on Sunday, and Magic Kingdom on Monday. Best of luck to you and all the lizards who will be running. Thanks in advance. Love the show, Melissa. And she's in Pennsylvania, by the way. She sent a follow-up just letting us know where she's from. She's up in the Keystone State. So, Pam, what do you – I mean, so Wine and Dine Race Weekend is centered around – I mean, I think it's Epcot. I should know. Um, the Epcot parking lot, I believe. God, I hope I'm not messing that up because I'm supposed to be running it, and I think I still am. I probably shouldn't. My knee doctor said don't. He's like, you can probably run dopey, which when he said that, when his lips were moving, I said, I, all I heard was, you're good to run wine and dine. So that's what I heard. I mean, like it was a translation kind of thing. I don't know. We'll see. 
Um, I haven't bought my plane ticket, but I almost have. So I, I'll probably be there. Uh, but what do, what do you think? So if they're going to the parks with wine and dine, really the only thing I worry about over marathon weekend is the full because it runs so long. It takes so long to finish. Mm-hmm. I think you're good to go anywhere on any day, to be honest. I think so, too. And I think the thing that we've talked about is leading up to and the nights before the different races I think what you'll find is that the um, the folks down there for the race are probably already in bed or eating at that point once it gets into the evening, right? So that doesn't impact crowds too much during that time. You may see a little bump in the days afterwards, but we don't see a huge impact on the crowds from that. Um, the thing, the other thing that we always warn people of is the mornings of the races, transportation is a little impacted. So take um, a bit of extra time to get where you want to go. Of course, the Skyliner is the one mode of transportation that is not impacted because it's flying high above all of the runners and the drivers that are trying to get around. Um, But those are the main concerns when you're talking about our race weekend. Yeah, you just brought up a great point. I deleted her email, but Saturday and Sunday during the 10K and and the half, those are the two days I would probably go to Epcot in the studios because you could get there directly via the Skyliner and you could go over right. all the road traffic. That'd be a good, that's a great tip. Right. And the, you know what, the other thing that will probably be impactful, um, and I think this is the case during race weekends, is dining reservations um, can be challenging because there are yes. so many people looking for dining. That's early, why run. Early run to dinner. Eat. Yeah, to, oh man, dude, get them yesterday. I mean, <laughs> yes. honestly, because it's hard yes. to get that race. Wine and dine race weekend is hard to get an ADR. Anywhere. For sure. I mean, boat rides is. is boat rides is golden at that point. I'm telling you, I've been there. I know. We've been there. You brought, you were with us. Was that marathon weekend? Oh. We were like, we don't care where we like. What was that place at Caribbean Beach that closed down? The 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 place that had steaks before um, um, Sebastian's Bistro. It was uh, Shutters. We're like, yes. yes, we want Shutters. We don't care. We'll eat at nine thirty. Like, sorry, I both. know, right? Period. I know, and that's the thing. So if you're having trouble finding something. At around like typical early dinner times, try a little later and hopefully you'll have something there. We were like, is that Captain Jack's place at Disney Springs still open when it used to be downtown <laughs> Disney that got the worst out of the water? Ever? Exactly. We don't care. We just want to eat something. We're hungry. That must have been the recommendation from Burn Bombs like <laughs> eight, ten years in a row. I, I like they were getting some, uh, it, some, let's just say it felt like they were getting paid by Captain Jack. Somebody was greasing the palm. Just saying. Our dining recommendations brought to you by but, the good yeah. folks at Captain Jack. But you know what? I mean, back when I first got into this, I picked all my restaurants by the Burn Bombs Guide, and I picked them by the pictures. That's why I still love San Angel Inn so much, because I, no kidding, that 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 restaurant looked the best in the guide of any Walt Disney World oh, restaurant. Yeah. In 50s primetime, same thing. I think that's why I have such, and, and uh, sci-fi. I think that's why those yeah. restaurants are still to this day so popular. They look so good in the guy in the Burn Bombs guide because of glossy color pictures. I know they did, and they would use the same pictures year after year usually. So the um, you kept getting hit with them every yeah. year, right? You were like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm absolutely going there." 100%. Look at that milkshake and Mom's meatloaf. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not my brain's not very big. You just keep giving me a picture, like, "Yes, I will go back to San Angel. Yes, I'll eat there. It looks good. The pyramid, the Captain smoke, Jack. The sounds like a great idea." 
Absolutely. All right, Jennifer is here from the Westplex in beautiful St. Charles County, Missouri. Do the resorts have special activities for guests on Halloween? Even more specifically, good old Pop Century. So do they do any trick-or-treating? How do the resorts celebrate October 31st, Pam? You ever been there? I have, and it really varies from year to year and resort to resort. Um, I think the thing that is impacting it now, I know, is staffing, I'm sure, but... The one of the things that you're going to want to do when you get there is, first of all, look in your My Disney Experience app. Once you're on property, look at those entertainment and activities that's in your resort area. And then the other thing you want to check with is an activities guide um, and check with the um, lobby concierge um, to see that. And sometimes they actually have things going on at Disney Springs, too. But the, um, you know, the big trick-or-treating, of course, is going to be happening at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party that night. But they usually do have at least Halloween-themed activities for the weeks leading up to Halloween. I would say at Pop Century, they're going to have some kind of activities going on because they're at, that's one thing I will say over the past five years that Walt Disney World has really mm. done well is that they have brought those activities because they kind of trickle down from the deluxe resorts. You know, you saw these things like at a beach club, yacht club. I saw them a lot at Animal Kingdom Lodge, but they've trickled their way down to all the values, you know, every resort. Mm -hmm. And those activities teams, they, I don't think they get enough credit because I know it's not everybody's thing, you know, that this, the rolling, you know, game squad comes rolling out to the pool. <laughs> the cart. You know, some people are trying to, you know, chill out and drink their Michelob Ultra at the, you know, Pop Century poolside. But then all of a sudden here comes the people in the red and blue and green with the cart. They're playing, you know, the Macarena yes. and stuff. But I, they engage the kids, and it's high energy, and they do tie-dye shirts over by the camp, yep. you know, where you make the s'mores. And you know what? I mean, I see that stuff, and that's the stuff that a lot of kids are going to go home. And no kidding. They're not going to talk about the ride on Seven Dwarves Mine Train or the meal at Cinderella Castle. They're going to talk about making the tie-dye shirt or that they won the little trinket that they would get for, you know, being good at the dentist office, you know, like out of the treasure chest. That's the stuff those kids are going to talk about, and I'm glad they do yeah. that. Yeah, me too. There's a lot of kids who like, you know, although there might be some adults who cringe when they see the cart coming out, there are a lot of kids who are really happy about that cart coming out. So um, yeah, for sure. Lots of great activities by the pool and otherwise, like you said, they're, I'm always shocked at like they set up the table and they're doing painting or tie-dyeing or something and it's for a really reasonable cost right some of those activities incur a little nominal charge and i think that they're totally worth it and you're absolutely right kids are going to remember those kind of things so much and they'll talk about it and you know that's the thing so yeah it's time for mambo number five and all of a sudden lou, Be <laughs> lou bega is like rocking your vacation for the next five it's minutes it's true it's true <laughs> all right uh, Amy's got a question here. Hey, BOGP BOG podcast hosts. I like that. Just leave it open. It could be anybody's. There you go. Uh, I listened to your podcast all leading up to my trip this past week, and it helped make such fun plans. That being said, I booked it out of Orlando this past Wednesday morning to leave before the hurricane, and now I have two unused park passes that expire in a year. When would you suggest going for two short days or a three-night Walt Disney World trip? So Amy got out of there before, uh, you know, she could incur the wrath of Ian, which was probably a great idea. But now sure. in, in Walt Disney, if you had unused tickets on your package, you have 365 days to use those tickets. So 
Amy, you know, opportunities knocking here. She can go down for maybe a quick weekend. <laughs> what would be a good kind of uh, opportunity for her? What would you say if you got this, if you were in her shoes? What would, what would you think about? I know. So we're like hashtag vacation enablers. So yes, we are. we'll help you out yeah. here. You got two days of tickets, <laughs> man. Let's do this. So if you live in a part of the country like I do, where um, the winter seems to last about 10 months out of the year, um, right about February, um, March, there are some times there which are a really great time to get out of wherever you are um, and just see the sun and, um, you know, spend a little time just doing something in warmer weather. Um, so that may be something that you want to consider. If you were not looking into going there February or March, I think another great time is early May. Um, and the reason why that's so good is crowds are typically a little lower at that time of year because you really aren't taking your kids out of school to come there at that point in time. There's really not a major holiday you have to work around until you get to Memorial Day. So early May is a good time. And of course, <laughs> the time that you went is actually a, usually a good time to go. We know we have hurricane season, but hurricane season actually starts in June and goes through November. So it's a big chunk of the year. Um, and that may be something you want to consider too. But then some people are bad luck. Like they just go at hurricanes like up here. So, I mean, it happened for you once. So it is, I'm just, no, just kidding. But you know, what I was going to say was pick your favorite Epcot festival over the next year. Like oh, you want to go down for wine idea. and dine, you know, go next fall, you know, save it, wait almost a year, you know, wait 10 months, um, mm -hmm. go maybe a little bit earlier in the year, but you could also go check out festival of the arts, you know, go to the flower and garden. I think that's a great opportunity, you know, cause it's a quick trip. Drop in at Epcot, swing over to the Magic Kingdom. That's what I like to do in two days. You know, maybe it's a hopper though, and you could get even more done. Go to the studios. I usually right? leave out, I usually leave out I'm, I'm terrible, but I leave out Animal Kingdom when I only have like a couple days, three days. Do you? I mean, Scott loves Animal Kingdom. That's his favorite park. I, I it's not my. I, here's the thing. I like Animal Kingdom. When I go to Animal Kingdom, I have a blast. I, I really do. I have a great time, but I have again a mindset thing. Like, if I only have, like, two or three or four days, I always skip Animal Kingdom. But once I get there, I'm like, man, I'm having a good time. Great food, great attractions, good shows. I love it. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the thing for Animal Kingdom for me is it's hard to bounce into Animal Kingdom and get anything really done, right? Because by the time you're walking in and you walk up through the Tree of Life and all of that stuff, it's not an easy in and out thing. And I think the other parks, I can do that. So so easily right you can you know hollywood studios really isn't that big you can yeah. jump in there and leave and go do something else magic kingdom again you can get a few things done and leave and feel like you've accomplished something and i think even epcot there are certain things that i usually have that i want to do there that i find easy to do i think that's what it is for animal kingdom that it's more challenging to do that and bounce on to something else. And so that probably like, if we're doing a short trip, that probably is what limits us there. And I agree with you once I'm there and in there, I, I like animal kingdom. I like the trails. I like the different restaurants there. I think that they have some of the better quick service locations, right? Oh, they have the we're best. always I mean, talking about, them. I think it's better than Epcot. I mean, Epcot's a, you go there to eat, Agreed. but I mean, Animal Kingdom, to me, hands down, has the best quick service. I mean, Satuli Canteen, Flame Tree Barbecue, Yak and Yeti, and Harambe Market right there. Those are four right. solid choices. I know. Agreed. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. So maybe we need to reframe how we think about Animal Kingdom. 
I know, but it's again, it's a, it's like the Caribbean beach, like road thing. Like right. it's so it's, well, it's like the old, you know, we, we used to watch Jesse around here like 24 seven when Mallory uh-huh. was younger and it's like uh, Bertram, right? He would say, but it's so far, you know, and he'd have to go like pick something up on the other side of the room, the butler. And that, that's how I am. You know, if I'm a pop century, I'm like, but animal kingdom so far. So, and it's not, I just got to sit my butt on a bus, you know, and boom, right? it takes me there. Like, you know. I know. Well, next time you go, I'll go, uh, 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 uh. Hey, you just, hey, you just, oh my God, that was, that's all we heard in this house for like five years. I I could quote like every line from that show. Okay. Next email is from Michelle. Says, hey, Mike, reminiscing with you guys listening to today's episode, Epcot is my favorite and I'm loving all the memories. And this is about our show from this past Friday. I can't call in on Sunday, but had to share a quick memory about how much Epcot impacted me. I graduated high school in 2000, and every college essay question was centered around the importance of it in how we viewed the millennium. What did I write about? Epcot, of course. Illuminations was literally the subject of my essay and how it shaped the way I thought the world could be. It's by far my favorite nighttime spectacular ever. I'm a little bummed not to be there this weekend to celebrate with all the hurricane and all the, and all I thought it was better not to make the trip, but at least I'll get to celebrate during wine and dine race weekend. Have a great weekend, Michelle. You know, and I think that's a sentiment of a lot of folks. A lot of us couldn't be there, but I really think that as I, you know, look back finally, you know, for Epcot 40, my biggest thing I'm going to walk away from was Epcot was the perfect park for the millennium. You know, that's kind of my big takeaway mm-hmm. was that it was so special with Illuminations, Tapestry of Nations, and the optimism that I think we all felt as humans being on planet Earth around 1999, moving into the year 2000, anything was possible. You know, because I mean, it was kind of like the beginning of really, I mean, this was pre-iPhone. This was pre-social media for the most part, pre-Twitter for sure. And there was just a real optimism that the world could come together. You know, a lot of things that have been bad had not happened at this point. And I mean, you know, a lot of good has happened since the millennium too. Don't get me wrong. A lot of good, but it it just felt like the world was a more optimistic place. And Epcot really, I mean, Epcot was like the beacon for optimism, at least for me at that time and, and place. I agree. And I think, you know, not having the, um, all the photos, right. All of the, everything like that bombarding you sort of with that. I think sometimes your memories of things are actually better I agree. than they even were. Right. You tend to romanticize things that happen there. So like, you don't have a picture of 8 million people being crammed into, you know what I mean? You don't yeah, you're like, have it was, it was never that. crowded. It probably was <laughs> packed, but we just don't, because right. we, it was the good old days, right? That's right. Exactly. So it was, it's easy to sort of buy into that whole narrative. And I think too, when we're thinking about things, we do tend to romanticize things. And I think that's a great quality in people, right? It's better to look back and think it's better than it was than it is to look back and think it's worse than it was. So I love that about people in general, that we're just optimists in that point. And we really, really like that. And, you know, it probably for so many of us, that was during a time where we were like, oh, you know, Things were better back in those days and whatnot when, you know, they're perfectly great right now. But I think we just have a tendency to really sort of look back on things fondly. And, uh, you know, I think that's great. 
And don't get me wrong. So a little behind the scenes is that we don't like track anything, you know, as far as our listeners, but there are ways that like we get demographic breakdowns from like our listenership sometimes from our, you know, we don't know who's listening where, but we know that our target audience is skews female. And we, we know that it's, it's people around our age, slightly younger, maybe, but around our age. And if you think about folks around our age, Pam and myself, Ricky's a little bit younger, Scott's a little bit younger. But the thing is, think about where we were in our lives around the year Mm. 1999. Okay. So we were, we were just emerging into our, you know, moving from like being a kid to being an adult and moving into our careers. And that's that point of life where. I mean, everything is right, right? You're in, you're in college, you're getting out of college, you're getting your first job, you're getting your first place. Maybe you're finding that significant other, maybe you're not. But I mean, you know, that's, that's that point of life that I think a lot of us now that are allowed on social media, you know, like the people that are probably in their like mid forties, early fifties, you know, it's like 40 to 50, I would say right now, like yeah. that age demographic. We're, we're kind of the ones that are all over Facebook, all over Twitter, all over the social media screaming about this stuff. And that was kind of our like glory years, you know, like, I mean, so that I think that has something to do with it, too. Yeah, yeah, of course. And too, when you think about it, too, that this goes back to the fact that we sort of romanticize that, right? Our like our first places may not have even been that great, but dang, it was great. It was like it was because you didn't have the responsibilities that you had. Like we, right back then, I didn't have a mortgage. 100%. You know, like I lived in an apartment. You know, who cared? You know, like it was you just paid the rent. It was cares? all good. It all felt new and good and easy. Right, um, exactly. But, yeah. Like. Life was so easy. I mean, back then I was worried about like, oh, what am I going to sign up for? You know, my senior year, you know, oh, I got student teach. It's going to, it's going to be so hard. That was so easy. Like looking back, student teaching, I thought was going to kill me. Oh my gosh. That would be a piece of cake. Bring it on. Or, or what will your plans for the weekend be? Like that was a big, yeah. like, what am I going to be doing this weekend? Yeah. yeah my plans for the weekend now have been the same for the last decade. <laughs> you know, they don't change because I'm old. That's so funny. Okay, next question says, uh, questions for upcoming October trips. We're getting to this just in time. It's from Kim. She's in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. Hey, Mike and BOGP crew, love the podcast. And your energy brings positivity to us, uh, so many of us. I'm hoping you can answer a question for my husband. My husband first asked how I would know which episode my question will be answered on. I responded that it doesn't matter because I listen to all of them. So let me just tell your husband real quick. Here's the first answer. It's going to be answered on episode 2166 coming out on October 5th, 2022. So there you go. You probably know that by now because you're listening. My husband is coming along to be the driver on a cross-country track that my 22-year-old daughter and I have planned as a mom and daughter do Disney trip. He has to work remotely while we have fun. The poor guy, she put in parentheses. But he wants to try to find places outside of the hotel room where he can open up his computer and at least try to enjoy the atmosphere and maybe some food and drinks at the same time. We're staying at the boardwalk. Any suggestions for quieter places with good Wi-Fi? One, ding, 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 I have one. Right. Um, where they won't raise an eye if he plans himself for a while to work. Thanks. I can't wait to get back to the magic, but I'm so thankful that you bring a little magic to everyone when we can't be there. Kim out in Niagara Falls. First of all, Kim, you're very kind. We thank you for listening because we love doing this show. It's so much fun for us on this end. 
and you just made my week with those kind words. So that means a lot. So Bellevue Lounge, I mean, is that or the, the little the little nook there at the, at the boardwalk? Is that still what it's called? The little radio place that you can that's never occupied. That's where I would say first, especially during the early parts of the right, day. Right. During yeah. the day. For sure. There's nobody ever there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we need our good friends, Phil and Aaron. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they'll pop up anywhere, like, and they're on a call. Like, they got the boom mic on right? the headset. Like, hey, what's up, Phil? Sorry, I'm talking to Mission Control. Right. They work from different areas around Walt Disney World all the time. Um, I've seen them at Coronado. Um, there's a down in the bottom, that lower level, um, during the day, after you hit that coffee rush, right in the morning, that area is sort of empty at different times, but closer to where you'll be, um, is over at the yacht beach club. And they have, um, there's a lounge. First of all, there's ale and compass, which is there at the yacht club where you can go and that has good Wi-Fi. And um, he'd be able to grab something to eat and have a seat there. It's a nice location and the light is lower. And I think that that's really good when you're working on a laptop. The one thing to be aware of in Florida is like there's sun all the time. Mm -hmm. And so if you're outside, that's challenging with a laptop as, as many of us know. Um, the other place to look at at the Beach Club is at Martha's Vineyard. Again, it's the lounge area there. It's sort of by Beaches and Cream. That's a good location. Um, I'm trying to think of another place. You know, over at the Riv, there is Bar Riva. Uh, and because you're staying there and close to the um, Skyliner, right? The Skyliner station. You can take the Skyliner over to the Riviera and have a seat in Bar Riva or Primo Piata, which is the quick service location and work from there as well. And the Wi-Fi there is good. Finally, one other location that I'll mention, and there is a library that is also at the yes, Riviera. That is a great, right? that is a cool, cool spot anyway. But that's a great place to work. Yeah, I know, but we have to keep that just between yeah, friends don't, because... Don't. Don't tell anybody. We, we just right. let that out, but it, this is all our secret. Everybody huddle up. Nobody else tell. That's right. Keep it to yourself, but that's a great location too. But there'll be lots of great spots. And honestly, working from Disney World is not that bad. It's actually kind of a nice environment and um, gives you a different point of view. So I signed, up, I signed up for a race in the Banana Cabana at um, Caribbean Beach. That's a good place to work because if the weather's nice, if you want to be outside. Yeah. You could actually, That's I mean, true. if your computer's strong enough, you could sit outside at the boardwalk and work out there on the boardwalk. I mean, depending on, like you said, the light, if you can still see your laptop, because the yeah. Wi-Fi will be strong enough out there. The other, the, one last place, though, you mentioned the yacht in the, in the beach club. Both of those hotels in the lobby. Now, you might not want to work in the lobby, but if you just take the stairs up to that second level, there's like an overlook and there's like a yeah. kind of like a like seating up on that second level where it's going to be quieter. And there's actually going to be probably more space to work up there. I think that'd be a good spot. All the deluxe resorts, if you look around, will have like little alcoves with seats and tables. And that'd be a good place to just kind of set up shop for, you know, however long you need. Nobody would bug you at all, I don't think. I've, yeah. I've worked everywhere. Yeah, great ideas. Yeah, we all have. I mean, you know, that's the that's why we get to do what we do. So. And Mary Jane in the live chats, Lobby of Swan and Dolphin are nice too. They have a business center if you need it. So, uh Great suggestion, oh, Mary Jane. Suggestion. Okay, last yeah. question of the day is coming from Carrie. It's a podcast question. Run Disney Metal Picks. Good evening, Mike. I hope your knee is healing and running is in your near future. 
The knee is not healing, but I am running, which is stupid, but we'll see. Uh, for Run Disney Marathon Weekend, my friend and I are not going to the parks. We want to chill at the different resorts and enjoy the good food as well as maybe relax in the pool. Carrie, you are the smartest listener of today's podcast. Thank you. You win. That is perfect. That sounds like me. You just win the whole week because that's exactly what you should do. Each day, we want to take pics with our medals. We're doing the Dopey Challenge and wondering if there are locations outside of the parks where we could catch all four main Disney icons in the background. We thought maybe the balcony of the contemporary for the magic, uh, I guess for the uh, Cinderella Castle, in the walkway to Hollywood Studios from Yacht and Club for the Tower of Terror, that's right. Where could we go to get the background of Spaceship Earth? And what are your thought, What thoughts do you have for the Animal Kingdom pick? And is the Mickey birthday cake still outside the Magic Kingdom? Thanks, Mike and crew, for any thoughts that you might have. Your podcast is getting us through our long runs and will help push me along in the half marathon I have coming up in Fort Wayne this weekend. Well, Carrie, hope you had a great half marathon because that one is past. I like this idea, though, because you do want to get, for Dopey, you want to get the, the icons. I've done that, too. I agree. Contemporary, go up. There's a balcony right outside, actually, on that, that main level. Fourth like floor. Fourth floor. So you could totally yep. get Cinderella Castle there. Spaceship Earth, you could get, it, you could go to the bar at the top of the Riv. You can. The other thing I was going to suggest is take the monorail over to Epcot. Um, when you get off the monorail yes. and you're up really high, yes. you'll be that's able to a, get it there behind be- you too. Yes, from the from the monorail stand. Perfect. That'd yep. be a great shot. And I agree. The walkway from the like from the boardwalk over to Hollywood Studios, you can get an awesome shot of the Tower of Terror. And that's kind of the backside. For sure. But it's kind of eerie looking. That's a and plus, here's the thing. You'll be finishing the marathon. That's like at mile 25 of the course right in that spot so you'll have a memory from there that's a definitely do it there tree of life though i'm trying to think you might have to do that from a distance i'm trying to think how you could do that without getting into the park i don't even know i was trying to think at the entrance you can't see it um like is there is there i mean you you can see it like very distantly from the skyliner i mean Maybe or the it, from the conte- like from the top of the contemporary, you can see it way off. I mean, it'd be like you know, it'd look like a little Lego. Yeah, the, the I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, here's the thing. Here's what you do. You might not do it with your metal. Stop during the race and just snap a picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I know that one is a challenge. I'm gonna keep thinking about that one, but I really. It is one of those icons that you really can't see outside of the parks. Like you can you can't. the other ones. And the at, at, from the Animal Kingdom Lodge, I don't even think that you can you see it. I don't it. think you can. So I was thinking, I don't think you can get it from the lodge either. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's a tough huh. one. That's Yeah, man. I know. It's big. I was thinking. I know. Because you can get a good picture of it from Everest. You got to be in the park, you know. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. So if anybody knows or has thoughts on this. Yeah. Help us out. I'm at Be Our Guest Mike on Instagram and Twitter. Drop me a line and I'll retweet it. And hopefully uh, Carrie can check this out. All right. Hey. Creatively um, put a park map. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Have someone hold it in the right way. Is there, I'm trying to think, like in a, in a, yeah, at a gift shop at a Animal Kingdom Lodge, you could get like a Simba stuffed uh, animal, hold them up. I don't know. You got to exactly. be creative. 
Yeah, we'll see, but we'll do the best we can. You got the other three nailed, though. Totally got the, and I For like sure. that idea. We'll have to figure out Animal Kingdom for you. All right, well, hey, that's going to do it for today's show. We made it through. We'll see how Friday goes with the voice, but uh, we've made it to the finish line on this one. Don't forget, you can follow Pam on the social media at TMFLTPam. I'm at BR Guest Mike. We'd love to talk to you this week. And, of course, we want to help you plan an amazing Disney trip. Whether you're headed to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, why not work with the best? And I'm not kidding. It's over at the Magic for Less Travel. Check them out. Go to the website this week. Just check out all the great photos, all the great trip planning tips, tools. And then while you're there, fill out that quote form, and an agent will get back to you right away. We'll start that relationship. We'll talk about the trip. What needs do you have to have a great trip? Is this a first trip? Is this a 17th trip? Is this something you're really focused on the kids? Is this multi-generational? Do you want to make sure grandma and grandpa can hang with the, the teens? We can talk about that. That's what we do. We're experts. We plan these trips every day, all day. We're going to help you have an amazing experience every time to every Disney destination. So give us a shot. Check them out today over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link. They're over at uh, brguestpodcast.com slash Amazon. And thank you to our patrons who support all these podcasts. Couldn't do it without you. And our patrons get that bonus show called Mike in the Midwest. I'll try to get through it again this week. If the voice can hang out, we'll make it happen. I promise you. Maybe the pie saw bird. We talked about a pie saw bird last week. If, you, if you're a patron, you know. It's the most terrifying mythological creature of all time that, that lurks 20 miles from my house or did or maybe still does. That's what we talk about on that show. If you'd like to join us, come on over. Patreon.com slash Be Our Guest Podcast. All right, we're going to be back again on Friday. Ricky's going to hop on here, and we're going to finish a series that we started about five months ago where we break down your Disney day. We've done two-thirds of the series. We broke down your morning. What do you got to think about to have the perfect morning at Walt Disney World? We've done midday. We're wrapping up the series with what do you got to think about when you go to the, you know, your resort and the theme parks at night to have a perfect night at Walt Disney World. We'll talk about that on Friday show. So until we get together again, I'm going to go get a lozenge and we're going to get going again. So for Pam, I'm Mike. Wish you a great Wednesday. Time to get back to work. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you real soon. You've been listening to the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website at BeOurGuestPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.